We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Back here on Gresham Keith, WEEI. No Gresh today. Andy Hart is in, and the Red Sox begin the second half tonight, taking on the Toronto Blue Jays. And uh, one of the play-by-play voices of the Red Sox joins us right now on the Harbor One Hotline is Will Fleming. Will, how are you, sir? Fellas, rested, ready to go. go All-Star break was a big success, big hit with the kids, and uh, hoping for a nice turnaround beginning tonight at Fenway. How about you guys? How's everybody doing? Very good. Enjoying the heat wave, oh I guess. Oh, my God. Trying to stay out of the sun, really. Plus, Rich has the uh, Red Sox about to go on a nine and two run. Oh, I like 11. it. Well, will do they do they have to go on a nine and two <laughs> run, or are they going to start selling off pieces here? I guess is the big question. Uh, we are going to find out a lot over this homestand. I mean, it's it is eleven games between now and the All Star break, and I guess you know you're going to be in Houston the day that 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 all transpires. But uh, yeah, I think the next ten at home in particular uh, will dictate a lot of what they do. And I, you know, I just think. There are so many unknowns about where the organization is headed. And, and yeah, the 10 days between now and the deadline are going to tell us a lot. But I, but I just think so much of this stuff maybe was baked into this season. And some of the results are bearing out the fact that they didn't maybe push as hard uh, going into this season, which, you know, frankly, to me doesn't make a lot of sense if you're under the mindset that Bogarts and JD and even somebody like Evaldi uh, might not be here next year. But be that as it may, uh, this group led by those guys uh, and without Chris Sale again, uh, I, I find it ridiculous to think they've got to earn the right to add. I mean, I just this is the team that was assembled around these guys, so they are who they are. Uh, I think that uh, they are owed uh, some additions, but uh, you know, if they go three and seven on the homestand, I think that gets much more difficult to do. So we're talking about some pretty big picture decisions, especially when you get into to Bogarts and even JD Martinez, whoever. Is Hyam Bloom making those decisions on his own, or is ownership involved between now and the trade deadline? Uh, both. So I think that I, here's what I know uh, from people around the sport and in the organization. I think Hyam is as empowered as any executive in the entire sport. I firmly believe that. That's why he was brought in. That's why they, you know, they trust him, and and they're very happy, frankly. Uh, with the direction and progress of the organization, which is hard to argue with given the fact they were two games short of the World Series a year ago. And yet, you know, here we are at this crossroads, as you talk about, with all these big names, these big-ticket guys potentially on the way out the door. And that's where I do think ownership does get involved. Where I mean, it's totally up to Haim, obviously, to figure out in his mind uh, what – the best number is to offer somebody like Xander Bogarts is the most obvious example. I mean, Devers is looming, but that's the, you got more time to do that. You just do. So the Bogarts one is the, is the really difficult one coming up here soon. 
Um, and I do think that you know he gets the he has the directive to set the numbers and set the tone. Uh, but obviously, anytime you're making a significant investment like that, ownership does get involved. And then I think the Devers one becomes really interesting because that's the kind of moment. That decision to me, obviously, I mean, Haim, first of all, Haim, you know, people want, out in the world want to paint it like he doesn't see what Rafi Devers is. Of course he does. I mean, he's, he's a baseball guy, and he knows that Rafi's one of the most valuable people in the whole sport. Um, I, I do think, by the way, the truth is somewhere in between about, you know, whether Rafi Devers is, is worth Juan Soto money or worth Matt Olson money because he's one of my favorite players of all time. I love him. He's a generational talent, a great hitter. He is not the defensive player that some of these other guys are. That's just the reality of it. He's made improvements, but I, I can understand saying, well, I can't give a guy third base elite Hall of Fame money for 12 years if he hasn't proven to me that he can play that position consistently and at an excellent level. So he's he's worth a ton of cash. Don't get me wrong. But I don't think it's you know totally unreasonable to say we're not just going to back up the truck and give you $500 million today. And I do think that one will get done. I think there's time for it to get done. Uh, and you sure hope that it will. And of course, there's two sides to every you know contract that gets done, and you know you're not going to necessarily lead with your best offer. But I don't know how they can really justify offering the Matt Olson 21 million a year, and then the next day or whatever next week give Trevor Story over 23 million a year. Like I don't even. So is Trevor Story a, a better player than Rafael Devers? Or I just I, I can understand if Devers and Bogarts. Uh, kind of find it insulting the way they, yep. they've gone. They've gone about you know these contract offers. I can too. I mean, I, yeah. I you know look. First of all, Xander, it's a very important second half for him because he's been an elite all-time you know Red Sox player for more than a decade, right? I mean, he's he's done enough uh, to earn the right to to be in all these conversations. But you know, the power numbers are declining. Four years running now, uh, and he did not have a first half up to his standards. Now, that doesn't mean he didn't help the team, and in a lot of ways, he was a great hitter. But the power went away. I, I think a lot of that has to do with that collision with Alex Verdugo, uh, and we all know that Scott Boris has got the binder with all the numbers and all the metrics. And I think you know Xander is an elite leader and and clubhouse guy and human being to the point where you know someone should be and will be willing to give him a massive massive deal. Uh, the Devers one to me becomes more about just what your organizational philosophy is and and also you know does does what your fans want play into this thing. And I'm not saying mob mentality should go make you go out and do move make moves, but like I find it hard to believe in a four-year span you could lose Mookie Betts, Xander Bogarts, and Rafael Devers. Right. I mean, what what's right. the point of the entire enterprise <laughs> if not to have those guys I on know. your team, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole point is that. Now, we could get into a philosophical argument about we can't afford everybody at $13, million, 13 years and $35 million a year. That's true. But if, if you're not going to anchor your team to Bogarts and in particular Devers – to me, what you end up doing then is letting those guys move on, or worst of all, I mean, in, in a worst-case scenario this year, trading some of those guys for prospects that you hope and pray become the player that Rafi Devers is. I mean, that's the thing about where Devers is right now. He's 25 years old and really one of the three or four best hitters in the whole sport. He kills the Yankees. He's great in the playoffs. He elevates in the big moments. But by the way, I'm speaking 
into the void here. They know all of these things. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not like they're unaware of that and they're going to do everything they can to lock him up. I think that there will be a lot of time, a lot of conversations. I Again, I, I'm optimistic about that, but I sure hope they do because if not, uh, it makes you wonder – you know, what, what, what is the point of it all if not to have those kinds of guys? So Devers, you mentioned there's time. That's the biggest decision, but it's not the first decision. You can argue it's good business if Xander Bogarts is going to leave to consider trading him, getting a return on that asset at this trade deadline. Yep. Do you think that is a possibility? And if so, if they were to pursue that possibility, do you think he would waive his trade clause and and want to leave? Man, hard, hard questions. Um, I really I don't have any true insight into that because as of really even a week ago, that would have never been a possibility. I understand what happened going into the All-Star break, but you know, I, I asked Hyam point blank about that when all those reports came out about the Cardinals as a potential, you know, match with the Red Sox and he said categorically we've never ever ever even discussed putting him up for a trade uh is it possible that in the last five six seven days that has changed I guess so but I I find that sort of hard to believe I I, like I still think there's room to make that one work too and I, I I agree with your premise uh Andy that that they can that he can be upset and disappointed about the offer that was made, but that doesn't mean that he's still not open to sticking around and coming back at a, at a level that's not necessarily, you know, uh, Lindor and Correa money. I, I do believe that. And it's just going to be a matter of, once again, whether Scott Boris will let him do that. Because I know that he wants to be here. His feelings might have been hurt by that offer, but he loves it here. He wants to be here. And again, that's the other part of this thing. All of these guys, this core has proven without a shadow of doubt they can perform in Boston. We all know that not everyone can, and I think that there is a premium to be paid for that. What was worse at the end of the first half, Chris Sale with the the freak injury and going back on the shelf, or Nick Pavetta, who had been lights out for two months, having not one, not two, but three bad starts going into the break? I think there's nothing possibly worse than what happened to Chris Sale. I mean, that's that's the one moment, I think, that changed everything, where you're just saying, oh, you got to be kidding me. Like, when it happened, I, I have to admit, part of me thought, well, there it goes. I mean, really. Like, because so much of what they've been hoping for and planning for is that Chris would come back and be healthy. And and you could talk about whether that's, uh, you know, uh, the right approach given his, you know, injury history the last three, four years. But that, you know, that's what they were hoping for. And he was so good. He looked so good in his first start. You thought, okay, here we go. We got our ace back and let's let's ride with him. And then to have that freakish thing happen, sometimes you just think, all right, the karma is not there for this team and this group in this season. Um Pavetta, I, I give him a pass. I mean, you just look at the numbers against the Yankees. They 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 always hit him hard, always in all of his time uh, with the Red Sox. So th- I think that's one where you know give him a break. Uh, the All Star break probably did not come better and more welcome for anyone on the roster than Pavetta. I still think it's in there for him. I'm not worried about him long term. And you got Evaldi and Pavetta kind of anchoring this rotation. But that, of course, then becomes the next enormous question for this team is. You know, as great as Cutter Crawford was in Tampa, and he was, and he—I mean—he looks like a guy who can really help you. But you got all these question marks with Waka and Hill, and it's just not a great thing that in the third game out of the All-Star break, your starter is yet to be announced. Where <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. the Blue Jays are coming in here with Manoa and with Stripling and with all of their best pitchers. Kevin Gossman pitches tonight. I mean, 
Th- those guys, that to me is where you worry about the Blue Jays in a short wild card type series because they, they got Gossman and Manoa who are as good a one-two as anybody in the whole game. And I think the Red Sox at, the, at this point, especially without sale, uh, have a hard time matching up one-two there. So we've been talking a lot about big picture, Devers, Bogarts, these things. I think a lot of fans would say, yeah, be buyers and find me a first baseman, find me a bullpen yep. arm. Uh, do you have names that interest you in that area and does – uh, Dominic Smith and his 190 batting average Oof. with zero home runs get you excited. Isn't it so funny how these things get started? I mean, I, I, I'd almost never think about the high and bloom tenure, right? To me, anytime you hear someone report it, reported publicly, just dismiss it because <laughs> I, I don't know where these things come from. And he always surprises us, which I, by the way, think is a really cool thing. Um, I, I, I think that if there's a first baseman out there that really, really intrigues me, uh, it's probably C.J. Crone with the Rockies. I know he's older, but you can get him for a little bit longer. Josh Bell would be a wonderful addition, but I, I think the Nats, you know, they've got a big set of decisions coming up. Are they going to move Juan Soto uh, at the deadline? I, I, I think they are heavily considering it, uh, but they have to basically get offered a full major league roster in return <laughs> for that. But then, you know, down the line, they I think they absolutely are going to move Josh Bell. And again, we get to this crossroads of, what pieces are the Red Sox willing to move on from if they think this team might not be a World Series type winning team? And that's a hard decision to have. It's a hard conversation to have. But I wouldn't begrudge Hyam if he didn't say, I'm not going to give up three of my top 10 prospects to go hope to win a wild card round. I mean, that's just, that would be foolhardy. At the same time, you can have that calculus and also say, uh, Rafi, how many zeros are on your paycheck mm-hmm. next year? Let's get that one done, too. So I think you can do both things at once. But uh, those first basemen really interest me. Uh, somebody who can pick it over at first. Bell can swing it from both sides with power. Crone has got, I think, the fifth best OPS in the National League. So it's just been remarkable now, fellas, for two years. They've not had a regular uh, big league first baseman. Um, we all had optimism for what might happen with Bobby Dahlbeck, but that seems to me a, a pretty glaring need, and there, there are guys out there on the market that can help them. And one of the big stories from the first half, Will, was certainly their record against the AL East, not a single series win against the division, and they get a chance this weekend against Toronto, but as you mapped out, the starters for the Blue Jays are all their best guys, including Kevin Gausman, who goes tonight, who in 21 innings against the Red Sox, has given up one earned run. So it certainly doesn't start very easy. And I don't know what it is. Gosman's a great pitcher. Like, he's good against everybody. But he is next level against the Red Sox. His last – well, he's had three now. And the first and third – the second was at Fenway. He was great. But for some reason in Toronto, mm-hmm. uh, he's spectacular against this team. And by the way, it wasn't – you know, I, I'm tempted to say, well, that you know, the matchup is bad for this team, this Red Sox offense, because they chase more pitches out of the zone than almost any offense in baseball. But that really wasn't it last time. I mean, we were watching everything on the pitch zone, and, and Gossman was just – peppering the strike zone and the perimeters of it with absolutely elite stuff. And and that's one of those where you just say, all right, I mean, yeah. you're that good. Uh, and he has been now for a couple years running with San Francisco and now with Toronto. Um, it's just it all with him, it boils down to his splitter. If if he has the good one that sort of starts at the belt and dives beneath the knees, like at the last two feet before the plate, you almost have no chance. I mean, that's just mm-hmm. the way it is, and that's what baseball can be sometimes. But if he doesn't, and if you can stay off that pitch, uh, then you can you have some opportunities. Uh, that's the big wild card tonight and in this series is Manoa and Gossman are spectacular. Uh, in a spot where the Red Sox need momentum and they need energy, I, to me it's sort of like 
They've got Gossman and they've got Manoa, and you've got the Fenway crowd and you got Martinez, Bogarts, and Devers. It's sort of it, sometimes baseball can come down to those sort of simple things. It's like here we go, mano a mano. Uh, who's going to have a, a chance at the postseason? Who's going to have themselves a run here? And your big boys have got to be right at the heart of it. Well, I thought uh, a week from Wednesday in Tampa was maybe as emotional as we see Alex Cora. He's generally pretty even keeled, confident and. You know, that post-game talking about how the Rays were fighting and they have injuries, but they're still playing hard, and that whole question about what you're saying, your team's not playing hard, which he pushed back against, but certainly insinuated. Where do you think the uh, the manager is right now, sort of emotionally, confidence-wise, with what this baseball team is and what he thinks it can be? I'll tell you in about five hours when I talk to him. Though, but I, <laughs> my, my, uh, my experience with him would tell me that uh, today he is going to be bouncing off the walls happy and excited. Um, I think that he's a human being, and the team did not play well in the last couple weeks. The last month, really, in July, they've just not been good enough. And I, the defense and the base running really started to frustrate the manager, which you can totally understand. And I think that was the message he was trying to send to guys. Not necessarily they aren't playing hard. They just weren't thinking clearly. Uh, and that drives him absolutely insane. So I, my prediction is that uh, when I talk to him today, he'll be in his you know normally great mood. I think he'll reset. Uh, there's no question that somewhere in the recesses of his mind, he's thinking about what's going on with this group and is this his last ride with some of these guys that he loves so dearly and has had so much success with. But he won't, you know, he's not going to betray that to any of us. Uh, I think he is a master motivator. I think that he will have spent the last four days thinking about how to motivate this group. Uh, how to get them in the right frame of mind, how to game plan, frankly. Uh, I'm sure he reset and had some time with the family, but I guarantee you he was thinking about Gossman and Manoa and then, of course, the Cleveland Guardians and the Milwaukee Brewers. That's just who he is, and I think the Red Sox as an organization are very lucky to have a guy uh, who can express some frustration but who can quickly reset uh, and put this team in a great spot to win. Well, and the second half begins tonight. Red Sox and Blue Jays from Fenway Park. Will Fleming will be on the call. First pitch at 7-10. Will, thanks so much for the time. We'll talk to you next week, which will just be a couple of days before Ooh. the trade deadline. So it'll be pretty interesting, I would guess, next Friday. I would think so. I mean, I think that's what's really fun about this week, right? The wins and losses for the Red Sox are going to determine a lot of this stuff, mm -hmm. just on the margins about how big they push or don't. But we'll now by the, I think by that time we'll have two or three big deals done too. I mean, some of these organizations right. are going to make moves and strike before the deadline, and and that'll be really fun too. And wouldn't it be great too if the Red Sox were one of those clubs? Like yeah. know, Monday morning, you wake up and they've made a deal for a first baseman and two impact right-handed relievers after good. they've won a series with the Toronto Blue Jays. I mean, that, that, that it's I like, like that positive spin. Uh, well, you know what? Happen. Let's Wish go. It didn't nine exist. and two. Yeah. I love it. Put it out there. Wick, mix in an extension <laughs> for Devers, and what? boom, we're done. Can you imagine that day? <laughs> That press conference. <laughs> Pretty good. All right, Will Fleming on the Harbor One Hotline. Thanks so much, Will. We'll be listening tonight. See you, fellas. Thanks yeah. so much. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. 
Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.